Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome again to Second City Church. My name is Cole Parlier. Don't try to spell the last name. Associate pastor here at the church. Uh, lead pastor is Pastor Roland Fisher, who is, who is right back here, if you haven't had a chance to meet him, uh, back there. And on as a church, we just want to say Happy New Year. Yeah, and also, have you guys realized, I'm sure you have, that this is also a new decade? Yeah? So that means that we should like put 10 times the amount of planning or 10 times the amount of excitement into this, right? Right? Did, yeah? Come on. Yeah. You know, somebody, there, there's always something or somebody, you know, the devil or using somebody trying to, to like bring confusion to everything that should be clear. Like in my head, it was super clear, like, oh, this is a new decade. This is 10 times as important. And then I'm talking to one of my friends, because I work in real estate as well, who's an attorney. And he tells me, well, I don't think it's the start of a new decade until it gets to next year, because this is year zero. And I'm like, what? you got to be kidding me. Because I've been telling people for like, like days now, happy new decade. And he came up with this convincing argument of why I shouldn't say that, but I've come down on the side of happy new decade, people. <laughs> it makes sense to me, <laughs> right? Year zero, like day one in that new year, is the beginning of that decade. Um, well, guys, I, I got to tell you how excited I am because as I'm looking from the left back and all the way to the right to see that you know, so many people have decided to take their very first Sunday, which may be you know, a day off for you because you work during the week or you just came back from traveling. You've been with family. Hopefully it was fun. I'm sure it was a little stressful, though, as well. There's just so many other things you could be doing today. But I want to tell you what I see when I look out here. I see people who have said, God, I know that you love me. And I want you to have the tithe of my Sundays. I want you to have the first and the best and start off this new decade and this new year. So well done, guys. I'm so proud of you. Before we get into the message today, once again, I feel like it's very important that we're setting precedence for this new decade. And one of the things that, that is clear in Scripture is that spiritual truths meaning when God is talking to us, they have to be spiritually discerned. Meaning, no matter how good of a student we are in a classroom setting, or how good of an employee we are, or you know, uh, good at taking orders from our boss, that is not always a reflection of how prepared we are to receive something that God is saying. It is a supernatural work that he has to do in our hearts and in our minds to make room for the seeds of his word to actually take root and to germinate and to plant. So what we're going to do before we even begin to talk about vision and 2020 and what God wants to do and, and how to plan is we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to till the soil of our hearts. And if you're in agreement with me, say amen. And one thing that I've learned as I've had the opportunity to preach a little bit, um, as Rylan is usually the uh, teacher preacher, is that preaching is a two-way street, right? You receive the words from God, 
you put the words out there, but the people need to respond as well. And I'm not talking about you just meditating on it. I'm talking about active listening. Can you guys help me out with some active listening today? Like, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Because this is not a performance. Whenever Ron's up or I'm up here, this is a family get-together. This is a supernatural thing that is happening. We all have our role to play. It's just that Rollin and I happen to have the role usually of having the microphone on and preaching, right? It's just one more role in all the many important roles that God has here. So let's pray and ask God to help us today. Our Heavenly Father, um, we ask that in the name of Jesus that you would make things that in the natural are natural not clear, that do not make sense, that are not logical, we ask that today by the power of your spirit that you would make them clear, oh God. We ask that your word would find room in our hearts today. We ask that your word would not only find room, but we ask that it would take root. We ask that it would begin to germinate, and we ask that it would produce a harvest of faith and love and righteousness and hope, all these things that our flesh cannot do. But we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, that on this first Sunday, you would begin to do a new thing in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Uh, so friends, as I was preparing for this, the Lord was making clear to me a couple of things that he wants to do specifically at Second City Church. You guys know that God has a will for all of humanity for all time, right? Right? There's a whole book at the end of the Bible. If you go to the last book, what's the name of it? Revelation, right? Not revelations, but revelation, because it is the revealing of the one man, Jesus Christ, as Lord of all, as Savior of all. And all things will either be found in him or they will not be with him anymore. And so our number one goal and the number one thing to be revealed is that we are found in Jesus Christ. That is the plan for everybody. But he wants us to know individually and as a church that within that big picture, you are not just a face in the crowd. You are not just a face in the crowd, okay? He also wants you to know that Second City Church, one of many churches throughout the world that have people that have been born again, people that have been filled with the Spirit of God, that he has specific things for us to do as the body of Christ at Second City Church in Chicago, those things play into the big picture of what God is doing all throughout the world for all time. And he also made it clear, because whenever I'm, this, is, this is teaching for some of you people who are maybe feeling called to ministry or to some kind of teaching capacity, whenever God has put you in a place to teach and preach, you not only want to ask, what does the Word say and what is the eternal principles that are there, but what is going on in the audience and this time, and this kind of this people that you're talking to, because he wants to address that specifically. After talking to some people, and also 
through prayer, the Lord was saying that there is a cloud of confusion that tries to calm on people's minds. That they have good intentions, but they just don't know what to do a lot of the time. Is this something to be ashamed of? No, it is not something to be ashamed of. Is it something that God wants to deal with, though? Yes. He wants his people to be clear-minded. He wants us to know what his will is. And the reason we know that he wants to do that is because of the scripture that we're going to focus on today. So the message today, yes, I couldn't help it, guys. I couldn't help it. It's the year 2020. How often does this come around? Once. Literally one time ever the year 2020, unless we start a new calendar system and come back around to it. But 2020 vision, okay? 2020 vision. This is not, first and primarily, about the accuracy of your eyesight. This is about what is the Lord's vision for 2020. And, uh, of course, I had to do a little bit of research as well about what does it mean to have 2020 vision. So, uh, Caleb, can you, or whoever, can you roll that beautiful beam footage or put up that chart, the eye chart? I think we got it. Has anybody seen this before? Yeah? Who can read the bottom line right now? Yeah, a couple of, wow, guys. That's pretty good. I mean, this is blown up bigger than it should be, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, if, you've ever, if you've ever talked to me or been close to me, you see these glasses, right? Have you ever noticed how thick they are? <laughs> no, I'm serious, guys. I have to pay like three times the amount that other people have to pay for glasses because I have to order the high-index lenses that, um, that magnify things a lot. So, so the reason I say this is that I've seen a lot of these charts, but even though I've seen it all my life, at least once a year, I still don't understand how vision worked. Okay, when you hear 2020 vision, you think, well, I mean, at least what I thought was perfect vision. Anybody else? If you thought it meant perfect vision, if you didn't, it's fine, raise your hand. Am I the only person? No, okay. Okay, perfect vision. So what I found out is that 2020 vision does not mean perfect vision. What it means is that's a standard that was come up with that if you are standing 10 feet away from this chart when it's in its normal size, you are able to read a certain line that's predetermined, which on this chart is the, is the very bottom line. So if you're standing 10 feet away from that chart when it's in its normal size at the doctor's office, you should be able to have the, the visual acuity to discern what each of those letters are, okay? Now, clarity of vision is only one part of having good vision. That is only one part of it. But it is a very important part, and that's why we base our standards on that. Based on this chart, I have, if any of you were curious, like, <laughs> I have to get closer. <laughs> I'm like, stop laughing. <laughs> I have like 20, 2063 vision, okay? But guys, it's just such a simple point for us. If your vision's not clearer from where you're standing at, what do you do? What did I just do? Say it one more time. You get closer 
to the one holding the vision or the chart. Wow. Guys, Jesus is the one with the vision. Jesus is the one with the vision. Three times, Jesus is the one with the vision for your life. He's the one with the vision for our church. And he's the one with the vision for all of humanity. So what I want you to walk away from here today, I want you to see as synonymous as knowing God's will, having his vision, as getting closer to his heart. It's getting closer to him. This isn't about being able to achieve something. This is about getting closer to God. This is about knowing his will because you know his heart. Is this preaching to anybody right now? It's fixable. If you've got cloudy vision, you're not messed up. You just got to get closer to Jesus. It's fixable. You can get glasses. You can get contacts. You can get in the Word of God more. You can get in your prayer closet more, and He promises to talk to you. He promises to reveal it to you. My sheep know my voice. What shepherds will tell you is shepherds will tell you, the people that work with sheep, this is not me saying it, this is me quoting, that sheep are some of the dumbest animals. But you know what that dumbness allows them to do? It allow, I saw some people mouthing some stuff. It allows them to listen and be led. God exalts the humble and he opposes the proud. God exalts the humble, and he opposes the proud. So if we want God's vision for our lives and for our church, because we want to know him and get closer to him, we first have to realize that we don't have it all figured out. I know there's people in this room especially in a city like Chicago where people flock from all over the world for high-level educational jobs, high-level business um, jobs. There are some planners in this room. Some of you guys, planning is actually in your title at your job. Financial planner. Uh, or uh, Anyway, um, what? Event planner. Yeah, there's all, there's all kinds of them out there. But the thing is, is that we have to surrender our plans to the one who is the sovereign of our lives. Is there anybody here, you've ever made plans, and they did not work out? If you were not raising your hand, you are lying, and you need to repent. <laughs> My hand is up now. Um, Oh, I meant to say this at the beginning of the message. I'm sorry. Can I take a little detour here? My apologies. Guys, some, a lot of you know that um, my dad, my father in North Carolina, he passed away December 9th. And I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. Um, and that's why I consider you guys like my spiritual family, you know, for sure. Um, because you guys reached out to me. You guys prayed for me. You guys sent me food. Uh, cards, you came to visit, and I just want to say thank you so much for that. Thank you, thank you. Now back on track, but with my dad, okay? My dad passed away at 60 years old, December 9th, 2019. 
Everybody thought he was like 45 or 50 because he just looked young. He had the baby face. He colored his hair like jet black. <laughs> it was funny. Him and I would be together, and I'm 36, and he's 60. He's the one with jet black hair, and I'm the one with gray hair, and people were just messed up when they would see us together. Um, but so dad was diagnosed with cancer in March, okay? Super aggressive. They took out his bladder. They did chemo. Um, nothing, nothing worked. But the thing is, is that my dad had made plans, right? He made plans in March to start a new business, right? And he even brought over somebody um, from another country to help him with this business and took on the responsibility of like providing for them and things, okay? And then my dad got diagnosed with cancer, right? There was a change in plans there, right? So in December, a couple of days before my dad passed, this was, because this is a picture, and I want to honor my dad and everything he's gone through, I want it to be something that changes people's lives. About three, three or four days before he passed, he was laying in bed, just super weak. He had lost like 50 pounds, down to like 140 130 something pounds, I think. Was originally like a little over 200. He was a little overweight then, but didn't really use that much weight. And he just kept twirling his hair, you know, like rubbing his forehead, twirling his hair. Very sad, right? Very sad. But then what he said broke my heart, and it has changed my life. He said, Here I am. I'll try not to cry, I'll be honest. Here I am. I made all these plans, and I just got diagnosed with cancer. And this is three days before, before he died that he finally came to this conclusion of what, what was I thinking? Why did I not like, talk to God and get things together, get everything together first? Now, the reason I say this to you is that my dad had his plans, but God had his plans, right? They don't always line up, right? But what God wants you to know, because we're leaving 2019, actually we're leaving that entire decade, right? We're leaving that and we're moving into a new decade is that no matter what did not go the way that you planned it, he is working all things out for your good. Even though my dad didn't come to that realization until three days before he died, he verbalized it, and now I'm a changed man. There are things in my life that will never be the same again, right? Now, what if my dad just would have kept that in and wouldn't have shared that? What if he wouldn't have admitted, like, oh, I did not consult God about any of this? What if he would not have told me? It would not have had an impact. So what I'm saying is, even though Scripture tells you and me to forget what lies behind and to press on, to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, which is our, the ultimate plan for all of our lives, right? That we order our lives according to that. That even though you're forgetting what is behind, there are so many lessons that you can take into 2020 with you, okay? But it's going to take seeking God's face, especially for some of you who are really hurt right now, who are really bitter about things, right? Things did not go as planned. You felt like God was mad at you, right? So coming into this 
to this consecration and fasting week is the opportunity for us to ask God to redeem that decade, to redeem 2019. Because if the truth is, is that he's working all things out for your good and our glory, and you don't see it, the, the truth doesn't change. You just don't have 2020 clear, clear clarity of vision. You just can't see what he's done. So I want to encourage and challenge all of you this week, if you're going into this consecration and fasting time, is to expect God to begin to show you what he's redeeming from these years and to ask him to give you 2020 vision. Okay. You guys ready to read some scripture now? <laughs> Sorry. All right, the main scripture for this entire message is Proverbs 29:18. This is from the ESV English Standard Version. And it says, "Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law." Can we read it together? Yeah, it's on the screen. Everybody can see it, right? You got vision for that? All right. All right, one, two, three. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So guys, God has a plan not only to wrap up all the time with the return of Jesus as Lord forevermore, but a plan for you, your family, and our church to speed this overall plan along. This plan from God is for today. He has specific things for you today. This plan is for tomorrow. He has specific things for tomorrow. It's for this week, this month, and this year. There is not a beat of your heart that has not been written down in God's book before you were ever born. There is a plan. We're going to break this verse up real quick. And we're going to break it up into four categories. The first one is prophetic vision, if you're taking notes. Number one, prophetic vision. Number two, casting off restraint. Number three, blessing. That's the fun one. Blessing. And number four, keeping the law. Keeping the law. All right, number one, prophetic vision. What is prophetic vision? We already talked about what vision is, right? It's the ability to see. It's the ability to discern. But there is a distinct difference between seeing with your, the eyes of your flesh and then seeing things through God's eyes. Some of the other translations don't use the word prophetic vision. They just use the word where there is no revelation, where something is covered up. Like think of revealing as you're at a, um, I don't know, what is it? The price of right? I don't watch any of these shows anymore, but they got the prize over here, and it's all covered, and they're like, a new car! And then they pull the thing off of it, right? When you don't know what is under the sheet, you don't know what is revealed. Some of the other translations translate prophetic vision, where there is no prophetic vision, as where the people reject divine guidance, a.k.a. where people have their own vision and they reject God's vision, because we have to be super clear about this. 
it's black and white. If we're not in line with God's vision, we're in line with some other vision, right? Well, what vision is that? Is that your vision? Or are you easily influenced by the world? Are you usually influenced by the people around you at work who say, oh, you should do this. You're gifted and you're talented at that. Oh, this is great, which all can be encouraging. But you need to know God's vision, his prophetic vision for your life first. And the scripture says where there is no prophetic vision. So be crystal clear about this as well, people of God. He wants you to have prophetic vision. Like that is the standard right? In Christ, we have seen God in the flesh, and we know who God is and what he is like. We know his character. We know his heart. We know his will, right? So the standard, the 2020 vision, is to know the prophetic vision. It's not something abnormal. It's not something that is just for the super spiritual. For the person who is in Christ, this is normal, is to know, K-N-O-W, the prophetic vision. And I want to draw a case for you this morning in the time we have left that where there is no prophetic vision, meaning when we don't know what God's will is, we don't know what his plan is, something's not right. There's either something blocking that or either we don't see the value in it. But at worst, if we've been living lives of rebellion, walking away from God, I'm not going to trip right, walking away from God, it's divine judgment. Cole, where do you get that from? That, that, no, that doesn't make sense. All right. Amos 8, 11 through 14. Caleb, I did not give you this verse because I wasn't sure about it at the time, so you don't have it. <laughs> Amos 8, 11 through 14. VSV says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. In that day, the lovely virgins and the young men shall faint for thirst. Those who swear by the guilt of Samaria and say, As your little G God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. In Christ... If you know Jesus and you're abiding in him, the wrath of God has been averted from your life. Praise God. By nothing you've done, not your ability to seek him, by grace. And divine judgment has been removed. So the standard is that you would know God's will and that you would hear his voice. This is all preparation for this fasting week. You understand that, right? I'm setting a foundation for you here that you should be expecting for God to talk to you and to hear his voice. Right? And if you're not abiding in Christ, then you can repent and say, okay, God, this is my time for you to, to clean me up. Search me, know me. Search my heart. If something's not right, Lord, I want it right now. I want it. I want you more than I want my bread. I want your plan more than I want my vision. I need it. It has to come down to I need this to live. You have to see it as a famine if you don't have it. Moving on to number two. And there's more scriptures if anybody wants these. But for time's sake, we're going to move on. Number two, casting off restraint. Where there is no prophetic vision, so when we don't know God's will, the people 
cast off restraint. Okay, mental picture. Casting. Anybody been fishing? Yeah? Casting? Do you accidentally cast? No? Well, I guess you could, actually. I remember fishing with my, <laughs> my grandpa and, like, it got stuck in somebody's ear. <laughs> the hook. Yeah. Uh, this has nothing to do with the message. But, yeah, so you got to be careful, like, where you're casting, right? But if you're casting, the picture is like you're throwing off, right? What I imagine when I hear this, the word that comes to mind is frustration. People who do not know God's will and you're not sure, but you get so frustrated that God's ways become a burden to you. You don't have revelation of what God is doing, and you ugh, just cast off the ways of God. Does this make sense? Is anybody following me? All right, so other translations of this verse. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Other translations. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people run wild. They run wild. Have you ever trained for a marathon or any kind of race at all? Yeah, I see some heads nodding here, right? It takes discipline to actually finish the race. If you're just running wild wherever you want to and you're not within the bounds of the course, how do you know if you've finished the race? How do you know if you've done what needs to be done to get the reward? You're going to get discouraged and frustrated. Thirdly, casting off restraint is also translated in some versions, and this is the one that hits home for me. My wife and I were just talking this morning about how easily discouraged I am and how important words are to me from her. It says that where there is no prophetic vision, the people are discouraged. The people grow weary. Discouraged means no courage, no ability to overcome fear, no ability to overcome temptation. If you don't know God's will for your life, you're going to get discouraged. The devil came to do three things. He came to kill, he came to steal, and he came to destroy. If he cannot keep you from recognizing that you're a sinner and coming to Christ as Lord and Savior, he will do his best to discourage you, a.k.a. he will try to keep you confused about what God is doing, who he is, what his heart is for you, his will for your life to keep you ineffective and unproductive. So God wants you to know his plans overall and for your life and for St. Church so you don't grow discouraged, so that you have courage and strength to continue on. Number three, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed. All right, we're turning the corner here. Why does he want you to know? Not just so you can be discouraged, but so that you can be blessed. So that you can have all of the favor at work in your life. That walking with Jesus would not be ineffective or unproductive. So that he would produce fruit in you. I, okay, I don't know about you guys, but when I feel like my efforts are not producing anything at my job, at work... Oh, man, you want to talk about toil? Toil, 
talking about burdensome, like you're just tilling and nothing is happening. I am wasting my time, and if I'm wasting my time, I'm wasting my life. Why am I here? Anybody? Yes, right? But blessed is he who keeps the law. Another translation, happy is he. Happy. You want to be blessed? You want to be happy? You need God's vision at work in your life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, from the Amplified Version, which adds some, some words into it, but helps get the point across. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, happy, to be admired, are the poor in spirit, which is those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the very first thing he said. The very first thing is blessed are those who are poor in spirit. In order to receive God's plans, what you got to do, you got to let go of the other ones. You got to become spiritually humble and say, okay, God, this is an idea I have, but yours is better. I trust you. You died for me on the cross. I want yours. 1 Thessalonians 1 4 through 6. For we know. For we know, this is conviction, for we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. The third one, blessed, happy, joy. Blessed, happy, joy. When you have God's vision, when you have a vision primarily of Christ in your life and that he's returning, you can have joy through affliction. This coming week of consecration and prayer fasting is so important that you catch the vision of Christ for your life and for the church and what he wants to do if you're going to have joy this year. Number four, where there is no prophetic vision... The people cast off restraint, but blessed is he, number four, who keeps the law. Who keeps the law, or the Torah, which means God's commands, right? The Ten Commandments, right? Blessed is he who lives righteously, okay? Or this word also is translated in some other versions as blessed is he who keeps instruction. It's a little more broad, right? Jesus boiled down the law and the prophets to what? Love the Lord your God. Here's the key. With all your heart, because love should encompass all of you if it's, if it's real love, right? You're fully committed, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So blessed is he who loves God loves himself, and loves his neighbor. But all of this is contingent on the prophetic vision, on the prophetic vision of what Christ, who he is, what he wants in your life, in the church, and in the world. So after talking about this, is there anybody here who wants the prophetic vision? 
Come on, put them high. Church, look around. Now, as you're looking around, you have the right to encourage that person. (laughs) When you see something not in alignment with the prophetic vision of walking with Christ, of what that looks like, they may not be there now because Lord knows you and I ain't there now. We're, We're filling in areas, right? You have the right to encourage them and help them stay accountable this year. And as you're doing it, what you know is that you're not just holding them, them accountable because you're a, you're a prick, uh, what do you call it? You're just a prickly person. Like, oh, you forgot the vision, didn't you? I mean, nobody you know, wants that. But what you need to see is that as we sharpen one another and as we help keep the vision of who God is, what he is doing, you're helping people be blessed. You're helping people be happy. You're helping people be joyful. And you're helping them honor God. And you're doing it together as well. All right, does anybody want to know what we believe that the specific vision for Second City Church is? Yeah? Has anybody ever been to our website? Well, if not, I'm about to read it to you. We have all this written on our website. And of course, because we serve a living God, Jesus is alive but he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He doesn't change, but our ability, our our vision becomes more clear as we walk with him, we get closer to him, right? So these things may be, you know, what do you call it, refined is the word I'm looking for over time. But here's what they are now, and you can go to Second City Church's website, and you can read the vision statement. All right, here we go. All right, number one, we envision, this is Second City Church, being a house of prayer for all the nations to glorify God. Number two, we envision sharing the good news of Christ's death and resurrection with thousands of unchurched friends and people in the greater Chicagoland area, many of whom who will accept him as Lord and Savior. Let me, let me stop right there. Look around. There's... There's a good amount of people here, but is there room to grow? Yeah, you know how many people this auditorium seats? 750. 750 people. That's right. God is a good steward. He wastes nothing. Let's, let's, let's help him work with getting people here to be ministered to. Number three, we envision developing people, new believers as well as established believers, into fully functioning followers of Christ through Bible study, worship services, community groups, special events, and leadership training. Number four, we envision being a church that lives and models biblical community, a safe place where we are accepted, loved, shepherded, encouraged, forgiven, and are built into fully equipped disciples of Jesus Christ. We envision helping all our people, youth as well as adults, to discover their divine designs so that they are equipped to serve Christ effectively in some ministry within and outside our church. We envision welcoming numerous members into our body who are excited about Christ. We'll experience healing. This is our vision because we believe it's God's vision. We'll experience healing in their family relationships and marriages, and I'm going to add physically as well. So we serve a God who does miracles 
in the physical as well, and grow together in love. We envision being a people who care for the orphan, the widow, the victim, and the poor through practical means that help rebuild lives. We envision training and sending out missionaries. Do you guys remember Luxembourg and San Francisco Bay Area? We're working toward this, guys. Um, We envision training and sending out missionaries, church planters, and church workers all over the world. We also see a number of our people pursuing short-term missions, service domestically and abroad. We see our people ministering to unreached people groups and serving the least Christianized cities of the world. We envision training marketplace Christians to be fully devoted followers of Christ who help transform culture by bringing the kingdom of God to every sphere of industry and influence. We envision being a generous people. We see the people of God giving radically, and I'll add sacrificially, to the advance of the gospel in the city and the nations because of the love of God in their hearts, a labor prompted by love. We envision being a beacon of God's truth and hope to the people of Chicago and to the nations of the earth. And as we wrap up, and the worship team can come, come forward if they like, I feel like I, had, I did have a, a prophetic word specifically for Second City Church for this year. So Second City Church, hopefully you've been encouraged as we read through the vision statement, which I imagine most people did not even know <laughs> that that was there. I get it. It's just on the website somewhere. Hopefully you were encouraged as you were hearing that, You see things moving forward. People are coming to know Christ. They're being forgiven and healed, finding purpose in their lives. But for this year, as we continue to walk with Christ into all of these things that he has for us, I felt the Lord say, Second City Church, as you let God put your roots down deep, He'll put the branches out wide. I'll say it again. As you let God put your roots down deep, he'll send the branches out wide. And then on top of that, there will be fruit that is produced and that is going to feed not only Chicago, not only this house, but all that God wants to do. So, Heavenly Father, we ask for your glory and for our joy that you would clarify the heavenly vision for us. That where we have missed the mark, where the enemy has tried to cloud our thoughts, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you blow your wind right now and you clear out the clouds that the light of Christ, that the kingdom of Christ, that the heavenly vision would begin to reign in our hearts and our minds. And Father, I pray as well that as tomorrow as we start this corporate time of consecration with expectation of hearing from you, Lord, give us courage. We cannot humble ourselves unless you help us. So God, we ask that you would help us 
to be people that are poor in spirit so that we would have room to have your heavenly vision, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.